Happy Sabbath to everyone. Chapter seven. We're getting the uh, video up and the audio going. Is the okay. video already up? Okay, Lakita's checking the video feed. It's so much fun doing new technology, right? Everyone. Glad to see uh, those who are on the Zoom or on the Facebook feed. We're about to get started with the last day event. And also, chapter seven is where we're at. What do you say? Um, give people a phone number and the connect if they want to contact. Okay, can you, can you do it? We're going to get you guys. Uh, this is the phone number that you call in if you're on your cell phones, 425-436-6321. That's 425-436-6321. And then the access code is 111029. 111029. So hopefully y'all can tune in either on the prayer line or through the Facebook webpage, Facebook or the church webpage at topsdachurch.org. Okay, and we'll give those numbers out off and on as we go on. Let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much for our privilege and a blessed opportunity to share your word with those who are tuned in and listening. We ask and pray that you will guide us and direct us and lead us into all truth. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. So this morning, okay, <laughs> okay can everyone share cell phones? No, I got to talk. I think they said so. Are you guys hearing the? Okay, they're trying to get it fixed. Everyone, please mute your phones. Andre, you hear that? I think I need to cut off and suck back. 
Yeah. It just all of a sudden started. It was doing fine at first. I don't think that's it, Lakeith, in the room. <laughs> Yeah, she went in the other room with it. Okay, she cut it off. So will people still be able to hear me or? My cell phone. I'm, I'm going to put it on mine. No. No, let me put it on mine. Can they hear me on Zoom at all? No, they can't. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Only you and me, right? Whoever else is on. Okay, so should I go on without the prayer line? I'm going to tell him I'm going to pull the prayer line up. Lakita's pulling up the prayer line on her. It's 1-1-1-0-9-2-0. Well, while they're working at that, the folks who can hear me, we had a great service this morning. Hope everybody had a chance to tune in. We had some Beautiful message from Pastor Kristen Josiah, and he was reminding us to hold on and keep enduring to the end because God is still on the throne and there's nothing for us to be worried about as long as we keep in our minds how God has led us in the past so that we don't have to let the coronavirus keep us afraid. Be careful and cautious, but don't be afraid because God is still with us. So let's all remember that as we continue to endure until the end. And as we also know, this is just the beginning of sorrows. This is a trial run for the time of trouble that's soon to be upon us. So uh, this is easy compared to the time of trouble it's gonna be like. So what we're faced with is using this opportunity to instill and increase our faith in Christ and in his ability to take care of us and protect us and ultimately save us in his blessed kingdom. That's the main thing that we want to re remember. So while we're continuing to pray for our families and friends and loved ones, let's encourage each other to dig a little deeper in the storehouse of God's love, study, use this time to study the word of God, study the spirit of prophecy, study a Sabbath school lesson, of course, and also increase our prayer life. Anytime that you're sitting around feeling bored, you can always pray. We're always in need of more prayer and there's never enough prayer. So take time to increase your prayer life, increase your study life. And also you can still witness to people. You don't wanna be physically near folks at this moment cause we're all trying to stay safe. But you can call people. You can have a prayer chain on your phone lines. You can get on the internet, get on Facebook. So it's a blessing to have so much technology that we can use. Uh, in the midst of this cold virus pandemic that we're uh, going through. Remember to keep your loved ones close at heart also. Sometimes we forget those who are closest to us. 
And you don't just want to wait until something like this happens to tell your loved ones how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. So let's remember that also. Take the opportunity to just say to someone, I love you, I appreciate you, and God loves you as well. Okay, so they won't be able to hear me on the prayer line, right? Okay. Yeah, Lakita's pulling up hers. Lakita got it. Okay, can the folks on the prayer line hear me now? Hopefully. Hello to the people on the prayer line. Somebody say amen. Yeah, Lakita's on there. Okay, we'll just go on because we're on there now. I'm putting it over here. Okay, we'll go ahead as things get worked out. Uh, Again, those on Facebook, the Tabernacle Praise website also, and also we're on Zoom chat. So we're going to go ahead and get started. And we're also on the Wakanda page. Okay, great. We're also on the Wakanda web page as well. So we'll go ahead and get started with chapter seven. And this is in the book, Last Day Events. So I'm sure that many of you have that book. If not, you should try and pick it up because it is very pertinent to what we're going through right now. Uh, Very pertinent to all the events that we're going through with this pandemic, also with the things going on around the world, earthquakes, pestilence, uh, everything that the Lord told us that was going to happen is happening at some point around the world. Everywhere you look, there's wars, rumors of wars, people suffering and struggling, uh, knowledge increased. Everything that can happen is already happening. So also we want to remember uh, what the servant of the Lord has mentioned to us. Also, as servant of the Lord is uh, speaking to us in the book, Last Day Events, chapter seven, this book is all about, this chapter rather, is all about country living. So country living, uh, many of us who live in the city, we think of, you know, country hicks or people out in the boondocks or rednecks out in the boondocks. And, and many times if we were raised in the city, we don't want to move out to the country, right? And be out there with those kind of people. Uh, a lot of times when we think of country living, we remember that movie Deliverance. And so we get a little bit nervous about moving out in the country. However, there is nothing wrong with the country. The country, for those of us who've been out there, is a beautiful place. It's very restful, very peaceful, very calming. And you can actually feel a little bit closer to the Lord because you don't have all the distractions that are going on in the cities. So here in uh, chapter seven, this is on page 94 in the book, it says, although everything God made was in perfection of beauty and there seemed nothing wanting upon the earth, which God had created, yet 
God manifested his great love to Adam and Eve by planting a garden, especially for them. And it was a portion of their time was to be occupied in the happy employment of dressing the garden. Also, they were visited by angels, listening to the angels' instruction and in happy meditation. Their labor was not wearisome, but pleasant and invigorating. If, if, for those of you with the garden, does that seem to be pleasant and invigorating to you? Or does it just seem to be a whole lot of work? We have a garden and sometimes it seems like a lot of work. But when you think about how God has blessed you to have a garden and the fact that you can grow your own vegetables, you can save money on uh, going to the store to buy vegetables. And I'm here to tell you vegetables right out of your garden taste so much better than the ones from the store. They're fresh, they're lively, they don't have the preservatives and the chemicals that the ones at the uh, store tend to have. So when you think of all those benefits, yeah, it can be a blessing and it can be pleasant and invigorating to work in your garden. So if anyone out there has a garden, uh, you can either type in on the chat or speak up on the prayer line and let us know if, if gardening is pleasant and invigorating to you or does it seem to be a big headache? Just go ahead and speak up if you have a comment about that. Great. So glad to hear that. Uh, someone mentioned that they felt uh, that it was invigorating and that is bringing life to uh, a chance to bring life through their gardening. So that's terrific to hear. Uh, though, those of you who haven't tried gardening, I feel that it's invigorating also. And again, it's a real blessing to be able to grow your own food and to recognize how life, how life comes about through gardening. I tell you something funny was when I first started gardening and then I would look at the plants on the first day, nothing happened. And then I'd go look at the plants the second day and so on. And it was truthfully, every day you see those plants growing, it was kind of scary <laughs> at first to think, wow, these things are really growing, you know, and you're thinking they might take over your house if you're not careful, but it is a true blessing. And thing that I'm reminded of is when you have a garden, you know, you can do the, uh, you can plant the seed, you can water the seed, you can fertilize the ground, you can till the soil, you can put down uh, mulch, you can do everything to it, prune the plants, but it's only going to grow by God's grace. It's God that put it in that seed to give life, and it's only through his grace that that uh, life occurs. So we want to keep that in mind. Let's go to the second paragraph. It's very interesting what Sister White writes about it says, what were the conditions chosen by the father for his son? And this is what God chose for his son to be in, a secluded home in the Galilean hills, a household sustained by honest, self-respecting labor, life of simplicity, daily conflict with difficulty and hardship, self-sacrifice, economy, patient, gladsome service, the hour of study at his mother's side with the scriptures, 
the quiet of dawn or twilight in the green valley, and the holy ministries of nature, the study of creation and providence, and the soul's communion with God. Now, when we think of those things that God prepared for his own son, a secluded home, self-respecting labor, daily conflict with difficulty and hardship, those tend to be things that we don't want. <laughs> who wants difficulty and hardship? You know, who wants to work hard? Uh, who wants trial and tribulation? But there are reasons for all those things. All of those things build character. And when we have to work hard or when we go through trial and tribulation like we are now, the scripture says that it builds patience. And that patience builds the fruit of righteousness in our characters. And our characters are the only thing that we're going to take to heaven with us from this earth. So we want to recognize trial, tribulation, not as trouble, not as something we want to get over soon or quickly as possible, but as opportunities for spiritual and Christian growth, as well as growth as humans. As anyone online or on the uh, Facebook, have you felt that your last trial and tribulation was really a growing opportunity for you? Go ahead and share that with us if you would like to. Let's see. Yeah, I think that um, this here is a growing opportunity for me. I do find myself studying more, praying more, being more willing to encourage other people uh, in this COVID-19 environment that we are in. So, yes, I feel like this definitely is a um, an opportunity for me to grow and um, to become a better person. I also get a chance to, to relax a little bit from all of that work I was doing and um, Think about who I am and, you know, reflect on what I need to do to be to be um, or what I need God to do for me so that I may be saved, really. And stuff. so we know that verse this morning that was like, uh, if my people who are called by my name and I'm paraphrasing because I don't know it verbatim, who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face. And put away the wickedness, put away their wickedness. That's the part I want to get to is what wicked thing is hiding in me that's in the closet, in the corner somewhere that I don't know about that may be hindering God from answering our prayers to um, call back the coronavirus so that people can be saved and so we can go about doing the work that God has appointed us to do. Amen. Thank you. Any other comments? Go ahead. I, I'm still at work and going to school at home. And I don't have the excess hustle and bustle as far as commuting to different locations. One thing that has really made an impact in my life um, while I'm still in school and while I'm still working is that I'm at home. And it's easier for me to transition. I know this weekend, Friday, I'm four Sunday. I have dinner prepared for my family. I have the mindset of coming into a communion of worship with my family before Sabbath has even arrived. And I just thank God, you know, not the consequence of the, the, the uh, coronavirus, but the impact, how it's left my life to even in a better position to worship God. Amen. So you feel like you've 
been put in a better position to worship the Lord dealing with this coronavirus. Thank you. Anyone else have a comment they would like to make of how they've been blessed through trial and tribulation? You're you're kind of cutting out. Okay. Um. Um. I, I was going to say that during this period of the coronavirus, I think we all are in a place of tribulation, and if my faith wasn't as strong as it is, I would be worried about well, Lord, what what's the future going to hold? You know, are we going to be able to pay our bills and keep food on the table and all that kind of stuff? But I just trust the Lord, and I trust in Psalm 91, and, you know, I don't worry about that, and our family has been um, coming together on a prayer line every day at 6 o'clock from all over the country, and it's praying. That's terrific. So your family's used the opportunity to draw closer through study and prayer, and also reminded that we can trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not lean to our own understanding, but recognize that God is omnipotent. He knows all about this virus. He can stop it as soon as he's ready, but God does things in his own time for his own reasons. And again, as has been mentioned, we just have to trust God where we can't always trace him. As we go to page 95, it talks about this page 95 in Last Day Events, chapter seven, away from the cities. Now, this is very interesting because we're admonished here to get out of the cities as soon as possible and purchase a little piece of land where you can have a garden, where your children can watch the flowers grow and learn from them lessons of simplicity and purity. Now, Sister White wrote that back in 1903. So if in 1903 she was advocating we need to be looking for uh, land, country land to move out to, it's even more uh desirous for us now with all the things going on in the cities for us to find ourselves a little piece of land, get out of the cities as soon as possible. And I have a question to ask you, why should we be getting out of the cities? Anyone, even online, why should we be getting out of the cities? Anyone, why should we be leaving the cities? This is where our families are. This is where our livelihoods at. We just bought this big mansion, got a new car. Why should we leave the cities? Nobody? Okay, let's go to the next paragraph. We'll find out. Oh, go ahead. Those are some of the benefits that we see today during this time of COVID-19, if you were to 
Isn't that interesting country living, providing open air and fields? So I've always wondered how many people in rural areas now are actually catching the virus. Unless someone from maybe in, in their city had done some traveling or met up with someone who'd done some traveling, there are probably whole cities out in the country, small towns rather, who have not seen coronavirus because they're out off to themselves, not congregating in big crowds. You just never know. If you look at the uh, next paragraph on 95, it says a uh, couple sentences down, the Lord calls for his people to locate away from the cities for in such an hour as you think not, fire and brimstone will be rained from heaven upon these cities. Wow, that's reason enough. Proportionate to their sins will be their visitation. And then it goes down a little farther. It tells us to read the 11th chapter of Revelation and also the 18th chapter of the Revelation, because it's going to tell us about the things that are yet to take place in the cities. We don't want to be part of those plagues and a, and a fire and brimstone that's going to sit in the, in the, hit the cities. But we do have a work to do in the cities, right? Anyone, what work do we have to do in the cities? Where our work is, right, discipleship, that's our work to do in the cities. So we have to work in the cities, but we do not have to live in the cities. We can still work in the cities, but not necessarily live in the cities while we're right in the middle of everything. Uh, it's, it's always a way that we can live out in the country, drive in to do missionary work, and now, with all the technology, we can do it even easier. It's so easy to just put your information out on Facebook. You can live out in a small town or 